0: I think ZRPA is more about to shift the paradigm and to change the mindset of the people, to show them that there is another way, there is another angle how you can look on your process and to automate it and to give the technology to the non-IT people to start working with this technology and to see what it can give to you.
1: So guys, welcome to a brand new episode of our podcast Human and AI, Mind Machines and the Great Descent.
2: Thanks to each and every single one of you that you tuned in to listen and to learn. We are Uli and Avery and our today's genius mind is Nikolai Goldovich. Nikolai is addicted to technology and has a startup mindset. He's passionate in ramping up new services and organizations and it's currently driving AI at GBS Digital Services at Siemens. But enough of an introduction, let's dive right into it. So we're more than happy to have you here with us today. Thanks for joining us. And I would like to pose the first question. So I want to ask you if you can describe yourself in a couple of minutes, so who you are and how did you actually
0: end up at Siemens? Hey guys, my name is Nikolai Galdovich. How I end up in Siemens? I started in Siemens 12 years ago. I work in Siemens longer than my elder daughter lives in this world. And I, (laughs) yeah, I started to work in Siemens in, uh, in Russia, in regional company Russia, and I was responsible for export control. But I quite often realized that I need to go to somewhere where it is more dynamic, and then I started doing different projects, and I did a lot of projects in IT, uh, not in IT, but together with IT, but more on the business side, but projects were always related to SAP, procurement, um, automation, so what everything was about automating of the back office operation then after finance bundling i was uh, i was also a little bit of a part of the finance bundling and then uh, i knew gbs organization in that time it was shared service organization and i did projects together with shared service organization and three years ago i moved from russia in uh, czech more than three years ago three and a half years ago i moved from russia in Czech Republic to be responsible for robotics in Europe. My background is in logistics, so I'm like a logistical guy. My plan was uh, to work for the global logistical company, and I started my career in United Parcel Service in UPS, uh, responsible for freight services. But then I stepped in in Siemens, and now I'm in technology. And my future, <laughs> not anymore with the logistics, but with the technology. Okay, and now you're driving AI at the global business. And
1: services, right? Are you into music, actually, as well? Uh, are you are you into music? I guess so, right? I saw a strong relationship between music and technology, right? If you if would nominate a soundtrack, right, over the last couple of challenging weeks, I guess, what would be that?
0: So, uh, yeah, I am into the music, but the last days I am listening to the very interesting group or band uh, Girls in Red. Yeah, uh, And I think, the, I do not know how they end up on my list, but I like them very much. And I think the most interesting tracks that I found were um, Dead Girls, Dead Girl in the Pool and Summer Depression. And I think that Summer <laughs> Depression is a little bit reflecting something what is going on with this coronavirus and all around that. But this is very, very young um, girls from Norway and they're doing some indie pop, I think. So really, really cool.
2: Yeah, that sounds cool. Yeah, you just mentioned summer depression and you were referring to the corona crisis, I guess. So how do you experience the current situation? You're currently in Prague, the Czech Republic. So what motivates you and your team and how are you coping with the current challenges?
0: First of all, I think it's important to understand that from the very beginning, the AI topic was not really consolidated in one place. So I have my people in Lisbon, in India. I have also people, folks in Brazil and in Czech Republic. So from That perspective did not change that much because we anyway were constantly separated from each other. On the other side, we see that in general, the workload is growing because we're all sitting at home. So if before uh, I could catch up with six people in the kitchen to know what is going on, now there is nothing like that. So it means that uh, I cannot talk to several people. So I need always to schedule the meetings. And this is driving the workload and the quantity of the meeting team itself is cope, coping quite good i think but we see also that this coronavirus is affecting the demand that uh, people are now more in the survival mode
2: than in
0: giving us more and more use cases for automation but this is this is how it is this is the side effect of this okay thanks for sharing that so you're also driving,
1: right, AI and, and pushing hardly, right, to stabilize and, and grow up and drive the artificial intelligence, the global business services. Can you share a couple of AI aspects and you know, how do you, what's the mission of AI at GBS and how you,
0: you're starting it and what are you excited about? Yeah. First of all, I think it's important to understand how this topic grown in GBS, yeah? So, One year ago, I think, in GBS, we established an organization called Digital Services, where we have five digital domains. And these domains are responsible for different topics. So there is a domain responsible for robotics. Another one is responsible for data analytics. Another one is responsible for integration layer, for AI, and for BPM. So, And we see that uh, these digital domains are now driving the organization in the direction of value-added services to switch from the transactional operations to the value-added services. It's not that we did not have them before, but now with the new technology, with the new organization, we want to put it to the new level and we want to really implement it in a high scale. Not one use case, not second use case, but on a really, really wide scale. And think about the GBS organization where more than 6,000 people. So we're not talking about the organization where we have hundreds of employees. We're sitting all over the globe. We have 10 deliveries and we have the scale where to implement it. And regarding AI topic, yeah, so what I'm really excited and where I think uh, it's going in the AI topic, we are talking mainly about how to make unstructured data structured. Means that in general, we consume the unstructured data by voice or by visual data or by unstructured text. And that's why in the AI organization, in my organization, I have several pillars. So I have a pillar which will be responsible for text where there will be chatbot, small text, short text like WhatsApp, very short text. Then we will have a middle text where we will have Topics like mailbot, because mail is a little bit longer than a short sentence, or tickets processing, yeah, so that we can automate tickets. Or we will have a long text like contract, offer, where there will be like text analytics, contract analytics, and things around that. And then we will have voice. And but this, is, this will be normal voice bot where we will have text-to-speech, speech-to-text. We have a couple of the cases already in this area. Plus, we will have intelligent document processing when we are talking about picture or we are talking about information from the PDF or from JPEG file. And then we can extract this data with the OCR technology and process it. But it's not only about invoices, but also about ID or CV or whatever you can imagine on a picture. So these are the directions where AI is going at the moment in the shared service organization. But this all links to the back office operation.
1: Okay, so quite some aspect on natural language processing. If you reflect on the like AI is a, a lot of statistics on steroids and automation on steroids, I guess, right? Um, what? position or task in your life, would you say, oh, please, let's invent something that automates that? Is there something, some task you
0: really said like, oh, I wish I had a part for that? I think (laughs) there are a lot of things that were moved in the shared service organization, which people in the business, they think that are somehow solved automatically. But unfortunately, it's not the case. And there are topics like controls, uh, financial controls, when every country needs to execute the same control, but they do it completely different. And this is where I think idea of AI and integration of the new technology coming into place, because it is not a rule-based. You just cannot do it on a wide scale. You need to go in every aspect and to understand why they all are doing it like that and to run a huge harmonization project for this. And this is, I think, from the beginning of my work in the shared service, I was thinking how to automate it. I think on my memory, I remember two or three attempts to do it. And I know that now management already established a huge huge... huge project to think about harmonization and automation of the, and this is where I think the technology should step in and play the key role. Otherwise we will forever do this minor, minor, minor processes globally differently.
1: You call yourself also an RPA evangelist, right? In Siemens Shared Services. Can you explain a bit to the audience, right? Which may be not affiliated. You're called, obviously. Sorry. uh, (laughs) (laughs) Can you explain to the audience, which may be not sufficient, right? What an RPA, what an RDA, how does that actually, what is that? And how does it change change our daily work somehow in the corporation?
0: I mean, as I said, I joined Shared Service Organization to be responsible for RPA in Europe and uh, we started actually this topic yeah but now I'm responsible for AI but I have so many knowledge about the RPA because it was three years of my life were dedicated to this topic I think that RPA is will be a game changer or it is a game changer already but the game changer not only in the driving costs down and not only in the automation here or FT there I think RPA is more about to shift the paradigm and to change the mindset of the people to show them That there is another way, there is another angle how you can look on your process and to automate it. And to give the technology to the non-IT people to start working with this technology and to see what it can give to you. But look what is happening now on the market, for example. Technology of RPA, it's, I don't know, 10 years. Yeah, in comparison, even with a chatbot, which is 25 years already. yeah. It is very, very new technology, but on the other side, the technology is like primitive. It's nothing, nothing, nothing very special. So it is a GUI automation, which actually was existing since years in the test tools. Yeah, And now this is coming to the people and they can automate something. Yeah, They can automate something and they can see how it will work if it is automated but this is yeah this is only simple to say that it is like that but in general adaptation of this technology especially in the corporate is a, it's a it's a pain but this is a normal process
1: Why is it a pain? Can you share some examples where it worked out and what what
0: are somehow the the struggles or the the, the pains if it won't get started? Uh, I can tell you one. For example, funny story. You know that there were a discussion with some governance authorities in Siemens regarding the robots. If user ID of a robot is a male or female, how we will record it in our corporate directory, how it will be visible in the corporate directory. Can robot has a name? human name is it allowed or not allowed yeah because in general i'm not sure if or for example think about that i would i would give it a name i would give it a name what about you right No, is that, never, we are not allowed that, not allowed okay <laughs> all right <laughs> because i can say uh, I think about the audit yeah you go to you have a financial audit and you see a record in a system and you see this was booked by Uli. Then you assume that it was booked by Uli. But if you see that it was booked by a robot, then you will have already another attitude to this record. So it means that you need always to know, was it an algorithm behind that or it was a real human? So it means that it's not that obvious. I know that normally people say, yeah, I want to call my bot, I don't know, Pita or something like that but in general in the corporate environment especially when it comes to the logging process it can be completely different and the complexity is coming from all the security rules audit rules control rules and all these rules and we have a lot of them really a lot mm-hmm.
1: what are the, the leading rpa cases what is can you share some examples or what kind of rpas are running currently in, in, in siemens
0: Difficult to say since I stepped out from RPM one year ago, I cannot really say to you. I know that there are cases in combination with Carl when they are crawling the websites and feed the data to the chatbot. I know that there are use cases for automation of purchase orders, that there are use cases for combination with BPM. So there are tons of them. There are more than 400 different cases, but I really don't have
1: I recently talked to a colleague on customer services, and he he joked like, you know, for each RPA automation but you want to productivize, you need another person maintaining it. Is that true?
0: Yeah, <laughs> it is. Uh, yes, this is uh, to certain extent. But the thing is, you need to. Yeah, but this is exactly uh, where we need to be really clear. Yeah. I think that 90% of the changes are coming to RPA, not because uh, of the bot and not because of the process. They're coming because of the environment. Environment change where a robot is running can affect uh, the automation. I will give you example. example. Yeah, we changed to Office 365 last year. You know, We changed 300 bots to the new Office. First thing. Second thing. Now we're implementing new entitlement, new login. Mm -hmm. We implemented new SAP logon. And so the environment, so all the changes in the environment, they are affecting automation because it is a GUI automation. You normally open your computer, all updates are already done, or you are waiting three minutes till um, it's updated, and then everything is running properly. In robotics case, if updates are coming, (laughs) then nothing is working. This is how it is. So that's why when we're talking about maintenance of the robots, we need to really understand where the maintenance is coming from. And yes, when somebody is implementing robots, always they need to consider that they need to have a maintenance effort. And this maintenance effort can be a little bit bigger than people expected that's true but it's not like that you need to have one person constantly maintaining the same robot this is of course a little bit exaggerated. but yes there is a maintenance effort
2: and what would you say is the relationship of chatbots and robotic process automation in your daily work can you maybe share some examples of about use cases
0: yes i mean here in our organization we did not find yet really like very very good example of chatbot plus robotics because in general, I prefer to have API automation or native automation on the, on the back end of the chatbot and not to go via robotics. But the cases on the market that are quite popular for chatbot plus RPA is when you collect certain data and then you, you create a structure format and you just push it into the predefined system. So, for example, it's quite popular on the mobile operator. When you talk to like Toby, for example, for Vodafone, when you're talking to... To Toby, he is like collecting the data that I'm Nikolai Galdovich, my phone number is like this, I live there, and I want to change, I don't know, my invoice address from A to B. So it is just collecting the data, and then it will be pushed to the system. And then the robot will process it maybe in... Three hours, maybe in two hours, maybe next day, or maybe immediately. But Depends on the robot um, workload. For me, I'm trying to have uh, more cases where I have API, proper backend. But if there is a system where I cannot um, connect, uh, then I will build a robot also. So
1: that means also, right, digitalization. If you want to gain efficiency in digitalization, that means we look at a given process. And I guess the same approach applies to yours, right? We look at a process, try to digitize as much as possible and gaining efficiency means we replace the weakest somehow the weakest signals in that thing, right? That means we are pretty close to, you know, digitalization and automation of the corporate processes, right? And it can get very personal, isn't it, right? Is there some kind of rules or are there some kinds of Guidance on no-go areas. We say like, where w- you personally would say, right, this is something where we definitely need human in the loop, or keep
0: keep the automation out of that.
1: Are there certain aspects you? It's kind of tricky. Nah, point, yeah,
0: it's a tricky thing. I think in general you can go with automation in every area. So the only thing that what you need to think and always keep in mind that first of all don't hurt people, so it means that, and also fulfill normal security and normal requirements that we have in the company and the other corporates they have. So, for example, if it is not allowed to have personalized or dashboards for people or to measure, I don't know, how many days you spent on vacation and I spent on vacation, and you cannot personalize that, so then you cannot personalize and It's not depending on RPA or chatbot, you in general cannot personalize that. And this is one topic, and second Second topic, when you automate something, then you need to think about is it allowed to do or not. And I have a really good example, for example, purchase or the approval. Yeah. There were several attempts to think about automated purchase order approval, but all the time, the same question popping up. If you want to automate purchase order approval, then maybe we should eliminate approval at all. But approval you cannot eliminate because you need to approve purchase orders. And then the question is coming like, OK, I'm responsible for my area. I want my robot to approve my purchase orders. Yeah, But then we have four as principle. And then the second guy will also say, I want to also automate my purchase order. Yeah, and then the question is, why do we need approval at all? So that's why when we are thinking about automation projects, we also need to think about, does it make sense to do it? Or maybe the process can be then skipped or dropped and just don't do it. This is very, very mm, yeah, not clear area. But with this purchase of the approval, it really shows that there are certain areas where definitely you don't need to go without them.
2: What would you say were the major breakthroughs in AI, maybe inside, but also outside of C What would be the maybe top three outstanding applications or inventions?
0: Uh, I have in my mind only one. I think conversational AI. And something what is currently happening with the conversational AI, with NLP and everything around language. This is unbelievable. This is really unbelievable. If you look in the chatbot, how they are developing, how they are evolving, and it is just the beginning of the whole story. It is not even the beginning. It is just a pilot. So there are no there are big implementations like Toby, what I mentioned some time back, but in general, they just didn't start. For example, government. Look at the government. No one yet implemented any chat. And you have this huge governmental offices everywhere. Like as, as first level services. So. Exactly. I don't want to say yeah because uh, yeah, but in general, yes, yeah, so first line centers, contact centers, um, customer service centers. This, this is where the This technology is coming and the technology will change completely the way how they work, what they are doing and what the skills they need to work with.
2: And about uh, chatbots, I came across a very interesting chatbot initiative where they also recently went open source. It's called Replica. Do you know it?
0: I heard about Replica. Mm -hmm.
2: There's actually a very heartbreaking story behind it. The developer, she lost her boyfriend. And this is why she created this emotion-driven bot architecture based on the past messages they had together. And now everybody can use it and somehow explore something like friendship with an individually created digital companion with whom you can celebrate victories or shattering failures and also like just trade memes. Would you say that it's possible to build up a relationship with a technical system such as a bot?
0: I saw very, very good movie in uh, the same direction, Black Mirror. There is a series about that, that her husband is dying and the company is providing Android based on the publicly open data, so like Facebook, Instagram, so they uploaded all the dialogues and everything from the social media into this bot, into this Android and they gave it to him, and this Android looks exactly how her previous husband, but all the emotional and knowledge are only based on the social media. You should look look at the series. I will give you the link what's happened in the end. But I cannot imagine myself having a friend like a digital companion, but I can imagine my... Kids will do it for example my young daughter she's like five and she has her tablet so she's mainly operating with a voice because she still um, doesn't know what to do but if she needs something her primary thing is uh, to operate with a voice and this is quite interesting how uh, she's doing this you know this is like a social experiment in my family but this is really very interesting and she has two voice assistants one in russian and one in Czech, but she's using now a Russian one. Mm, she, is, she is doing it, really doing it. So I can imagine that in future, she can have a digital companion. And also yesterday, I saw a quite interesting movie, Years and Years, the first series, when the daughter said that she wants to be a trans. And parents said, yeah, okay, if you don't like to be a girl and you want to be a man, no problem. And she said, no, 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 no. I don't want to have a body at all. I want to be my mind uploaded to the cloud.
1: But I guess right that this this relates a bit also to you know what what currently happening as I don't know if it's a, we call it experiment right? Show Ice, one of the I call it the largest touring test ever you know since it's now in the seventh generation it's since two thousand nineteen uh, the last deployed uh, deployment is a bot by Microsoft posing you know with six hundred sixty million registered users right. And I have in China. It's, it's you know you exchange in China. It's in China, right? In exchange, like puppies or you know little memes and stuff like that. It asks in the morning, right? How are you doing? And I'm. I think people are aware of, right? This is a technical system, and there's no person in behind. But they're still being, you know, being that uh, attracted to, you know, somebody asking them how they're feeling, right? Do you think people are that easy to exploit? That uh, you know technical systems can mimic, you know, this kind of emotional relationship. Are
0: we too easy? Bound? (laughs) (laughs) I think that we are not that complex. That's true. On the other side, it's not about the people. It's about the data. If you have enough data, you can analyze whatever you want. And, you know, it's better than me. So in general, it's not about to say this human is simple. No, if you have enough data, you can predict almost everything. This is how it works. But the thing is that what I'm really personally afraid that such things uh, can be misused yeah and we see a lot of topics like deep fake and things like that so if somebody created something like that in china with um, 600 million of the users and we know about this but then there can be something inappropriate what we do not know about and this is not that good so that's why the topics regarding emotional intelligence are coming into place where we need to think through how we use the technology and that we do not harm and this is really, very easy to really, very easy.
2: But I think we could talk to you for hours, but a look on the watch reveals that we are already at the end of this interview. So this is why I wanted to move to our closing game. And it's very, very simple. So I just give you a couple of sentence starters and you will finish them with like one word or one sentence. Uh, yeah, let's, let's just start. So Siemens is?
0: Mm, I think that Siemens is the innovation champion currently. Especially in the GBS world. And we now invest all our energy to stay on the wave and to be this innovation champion in digitalization. And innovation is? For me, innovation is change in the approaching them and do them completely different.
2: Purpose is?
0: To digitalize everything, it's clear.
2: (laughs) The person that inspires me the most is? Jack Ma. And my favorite TED talk is?
0: how to build ai and not to harm people and plus can robots be creative
1: thanks so much nikolai that was pretty awesome it really stoked i was really looking we were really looking forward to have this conversation with you and folks out there stay tuned there is so much to come stay bold committed and open minded and hear you at the next semenela
0: podcast thanks so much thank you very much